Hello, welcome to Arcade Caps, the best place to chill with your friends, get your game goodness each and every Monday. My name's Don Black, joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hobley. You know, I'm excited to be here, another week, another week of stuff. Another dollar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. You're just in a bad mood because you've been locked down. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's not even a joke. It's just like, fair enough. <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah, I mean, me and just like half the country. So, uh. okay. God, hey, I mean, you're you're right up there, Karen. Did it creep up into the forests or no? Uh, no, it doesn't go anywhere near us. It's okay. just you know, it stays in Melbourne where no, but they lock down the entire stupid. state, don't they? They lock down the entire state. Yeah, they and don't. Then they the don't. the people in the suburbs like yeah. Hmm. Everywhere like, else is like eh, you're like rural Victoria is like yeah it's a lockdown but we you know we'll move around freely it's not none of it's over here it's all those exactly. Melbournians making out the city spreading all, the COVID, the, all over the, place all the, yeah no it's all the super spreaders yeah. and stuff and anyway I, I thought I got the, the idea after last week's triumphant victory for Playdate we were going to go through a rebranding this week to Arcade Playdate that's not a very good name if they send Consider me one if they send me one for free I'll we'll change the podcast in. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Hashtag that, willingly sold out. <laughs> More like preemptively sold out. <laughs> I acknowledge that I'm selling out. That's what it is. Um, I mean, wouldn't it put, wouldn't it the better name would be Plague Date Couch? Nah, Just swap out the arcade. Sounds like, a, sounds have like, a, porno- no, sounds like gonna, a shitty pornography, to be honest. Thing is right, you could have a play date in an arcade. You're not gonna have a play date on the couch. That does sound like cheap okay. pornography. That does <laughs> yeah, true. Arcade Playdate. That, that does sound better. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. My bad. We could, a throwback name could be Pleasure Playdate. Bringing it back. Ah, uh, shit. Ash has oh. always known it was never Bring it back in 69 episodes. <laughs> Out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. It was never dead. It was just retired. That was the thing, yeah. <laughs> just lurking just there. Just lurking. The depths yeah. of your memories. Today on the show, four guys see five impressions. Pokemon Go players are upset. PUBG rebrands Ariana Grande in Fortnite. Um, but let's start with back for blood impressions. So uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be all of us being able to talk about it. Uh, unfortunately, we got sent four codes, two of those works. So, bye bye. Don't know, don't know why you guys are going to fuck me like this. <laughs> it's beyond me. Um, Ash like secretly is just like because I, I like I, I literally like go for my lunch break at work and I open the, the chat and it's just like the codes are fucked what's they're not working for me I'm like right, well I activated mine at like 6am and then like sent a message and then went to work and I come back and now it's like Ash has got his working but the rest are fucked somehow so I don't know if I was going to blame anyone it would Ashley sold the codes yeah he sold them uh, all. I wish I'd been smart enough to do that. Yeah. Actually, sold the codes. I don't know how much you can sell Back for Blood beta code for, but beta codes that last one weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Hey, there are some stupid people out there. People would hundred percent pay for that, or people would have played for like Halo ones, probably. Mm. Maybe not Back for Blood, but but yeah, um, no. But at least you know, I'm I'm happy that you got to got to play Back for Blood. Instead of Buddy getting paid for playing Back to Blood, considering he's never played Left 4 Dead or anything. Ashley, have you at least played Left 4 Dead? Uh, uh no. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> Why is that surprise a game you? involving zombies? <laughs> yeah. It was an Xbox PC game involving zombies. 
Like, I don't know. Yeah, how this is, I, just I don't know why this is surprising at all. I just took it for granted that everybody uh, played Left 4 Dead. No, well, hashtag real game is it. Um, so the game is for people who don't know, Back for Blood is from the people that brought you Left 4 Dead, or you know some of them, and Evolve comes Left 4 Dead. I mean, Back for Blood. I mean, they're not even really it's playing. It's a lot of. Not words and numbers. Yeah, they're, they're not really even playing. The, the title just... sounds like Left 4 Dead because it's obviously a spiritual successor. And let me put it this way. The one good thing and the one bad thing about this game is that it's just, it is a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. So it plays like an updated version. It's got everything the same. Um, and it was fun enough, but it's also just like, if if that sounds like, a game concept that's like 10 years old and this this game isn't really doing too much to i guess build upon the original concept of said game which is simple it's four player co-op you play through levels you kill oh, they're not zombies in the game well there are like zombie things but then there's like other things that, i can't remember what the fuck they're called to be honest but um bigger monster type things that that come down um you, you kill them, you battle your way for it. It's like witches, I guess, in normal Left 4 Dead. You know, like non-sort of zombie things, witches and stuff. Uh, but most levels play out as linear, walk through an area, try to survive. Eventually you'll reach a point at least once or twice in a level, much like you would in Left 4 Dead games where it's like, oh, you, you got to get this like uh, fence down, but when you do that, it'll activate the horde. And then like, you know, you've got to stand there for like a minute or so while you have to fight off like you know, a bunch of zombies that come that come for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the start of each level, you have uh, a shop that you can access and you pick up, you get like coins as you play through levels and you can use that to buy different guns or like uh, grenades or defibrillators, ammo packs, health packs, uh, scopes, upgraded things to your weapon. If you like it, you can just upgrade it and you can keep using it. Uh, you pick when you start a level, you pick one of, I think there's going to be like eight characters in the full game. There's only like four, I think in the, in the beta, each one of them has a name. Each one of them has their own perk and a team perk as well. So you can, um, they all play slightly different. They all talk and interact with one another while you're playing. They have some sort of relationship and story playing the background. Like I was playing mostly as mama and you know, like you accidentally shoot your teammate. It's like, other character but like, hey mama why'd you do that you know like why you shoot me like that or some shit like that so there, there was like a little bit of personality injected to it and, and whatnot but otherwise it is just these linear levels where you're fighting the zombies and you, you're shooting them and all that sort of stuff then uh the only, only other thing that adds that changes things up is you have this what i thought was quite confusing um at first card deck thing uh, that you that you have so when you enter when you start the game you sort of and you unlock more cards as you play the game but you can create a deck that you can either take into pve or pvp and you choose cards to to unlock or you'll randomly unlock them as you play free levels and like if you're playing from the through the game from like act one from start to finish each time you reach an end of a level at the start of the next level you unlock a new card and the cards are like mm. plus 30 percent uh reload speed 
or there's team ones that like you, your team heals when they melee kill 1% or um, you've got increased life or uh, hitting enemies, weak spots do more. Increased stamina, and, yeah, yeah. Stuff like this. And then the game also randomly gives you, um, they're not negative cards, but it's like each time you load into, load into a level, it's like a bonus objective card. So it'll be like, beat the level without anyone dying. Beat the level without ever setting off the fucking crows, which I set off literally every single time we play level of crows in them because I can never spot where the fucking crows are and I hate, hate them. Um, or like random shit like this. Or beat a level without, I don't know, like using a gun or, or something like that. And of course they'll give without you- Without being revived or something. Yeah, yeah, all these sorts of things. So you get like bonus objectives but and stuff like that. there are also ones that make it more difficult. Like the they're called corruption cards. One of them lets you like put a mist through the entire level. Uh, another one I think makes hordes attack more often and that kind of thing. So I think there's that's something that, uh, yeah. But then you get rewards at the end of the level, obviously, if you complete it. So yeah, yeah. Um, it seems that from from what I've seen of it, because I have to live vicariously through other people. Um, it's the best. It, def- <laughs> it definitely it has. I feel like it. <laughs> I feel like it has more opportunities for quote unquote stealthing through sections rather than. Just Left 4 Dead was very much a hold W through the missions and just hope for the best all the times, where there has been sections where it seems like people are being more tactical with their movement and stuff like that. Is that... I mean, a- I, th- I think it is an option. It's just that you would probably never be able to do it unless you were playing with a four-man pre-made where you were yeah. um, communicating that that was something you actually wanted to do. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. it only takes one person to completely <laughs> fuck it up, I guess. Yes, no, that makes sense. But yeah, there is there's a little bit more options, I guess. Um, there are like su- silences and suppressors and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but I think most people are just going to want to play it like it is Left 4 Dead, which is just you know like all the weak zombie-like enemies. Basically, I think every gun in the game, much like Left 4 Dead, will just kill them in one you know one, one shot, shot to the head, yeah. one headshot, yeah, yeah, maybe two to the body. That sort of thing kills them, but. Um, it's pretty pretty straightforward otherwise. Uh, the levels, or at least because obviously it's the beta, it lets you play up to the end of Act 1. Um, I think me and Ash decided last night we'd done every level bar the last one on Act 1. Um, was trying to do it, we like loaded into a, a game with two other people doing it and then we died like two times or something, two or three times with them trying to get this last level or whatever. And I was like, fuck this shit, let's go try something else. And um, we never went back to that one. But so... I don't know how many acts. I presume it's like a three-act story, but I don't know if each act is longer or whatever, but I presume the, the story's not that long because much like Left 4 Dead, it's designed around replayability. Well, I guess- yeah, it's hard to say because we were doing another mode and there seemed to be like the levels had like five dash six or something. So there might be like that many acts potentially. Could be. I'm not actually so. sure, yeah. Well, it's only like, like I used just- Left 4 Dead had different quote-unquote movies that you would play through or journeys. I can't remember exactly what they were called. Um, but it was like a different kind of... And each of them had like a different like almost movie-style poster to bring them yeah, yeah. to rotate around. So unless they follow that same kind of thing, and maybe it would make sense if the game has the ambition to release more of them over time. Oh, for sure. Instead it's of release like... More, um, yeah, it's going to release more for sure. 100%. That's 21st century. It's going to release like an expansion. And you can only tell with the characters and the cards and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just prime for here's here's some new cards. Well, you, here's some new. Things. Do you think it's going to be 
expansion or do you just think it's going to be just regular content drops? Uh, both. So you do some free shit where it's like cards or something like that and then you make people pay for the, here's a like six new levels or, you know, like, I, I don't know, some, something that's more substantial and people pay for it, obviously. Um, and then the other thing to touch on, which I think is, I'll put it out straight away. I think it's the worst part of the game. I tried it small about Ash today and I still <laughs> wasn't, I still don't think it's very good. So they have a PVE mode. I just think it is a mess. PVP. PVP mode, which works like this. You it's, it's three rounds or yeah, no, three rounds. Uh, so you start as either the humans or you are playing as the, the monsters, zombies, right? The ridden. Yeah. The ridden. That's it. Yeah. There we go. Uh, when you're playing as the humans, it's, it's three V three. You load into like this small area. Is it a four? I feel yeah. like the first, at least the first one we fought. Oh, it is four. four. Yeah, no, it is four. Team. That makes more sense. It is actually, it's four v four. Um, you load into this like area and it's like surrounded with, uh, it's almost like you're playing a battle royale, like a mini battle royale, but it's not really. It's just, it has a circle that moves in over, over time. So you start as a human, you can run around and open crates and you sort of like set up defenses. It has like a countdown timer. And when you're playing as the the ridden, you pick the monster you want to play and this sort of thing. And while you're you're moving around the level and you can see what all the humans are doing, you can be following them around. They can't see you. You can watch them like sort of plant traps and do all this sort of stuff. Off you go. They'll like set up shop. Um, and the goal is they've got to see how long they can survive. And you got to try and kill them fast if you're playing the ridden, obviously. So let's say it takes you a minute 30 for the humans to die. That's their time. You now switch sides. You're now playing the humans. To beat them and win and win the round, you only have to get to a minute 31. At that stage, the game goes, cool, you've won that round. It's not like survive as long as you can. It's just you won that round. So then you'll play as the humans again the next time, and you have to set the um, you have to set the goalposts, I guess, of, of the time and go for it. Um, so me and Ash, for a start, we kept like loading into the games and having really unbalanced teams. And I don't know why it was really letting us happen. They have bots that play... In the PVE mode, honestly, I was even like, man, even a bot would be better than fucking no one because we're getting stuck 2v4 and shit like this. I'm like, this is just dumb. Like, you get absolutely destroyed. It's not even, it's it's, it's yep. impossible to even attempt to take on 2v4 in, in this mode when you've got like four monsters coming at you and they have AI zombies spawn as well. Each wave as the circle gets smaller and you just got to try and survive and stuff like that. Fucking dumb. Anyway, I played some more by myself. I just don't think the mode, I just really don't think there's enough tactics or like and just feels so drawn out and it takes so long to sort of get into it as well even especially if you're playing as a rid and you're just sort of like floating around there's nothing you can do while the humans are setting up you're just like you can watch them but you're like what am i actually really doing and none of the monsters feel that great to play as i found either and um whatever else and then even when the ones i played today i, I discovered the best tactic just seemed to be to because obviously you get like upgrade points as you play for damaging the humans it gives you like uh coins that you can spend to upgrade your monster so it does more damage or it has more health and stuff like that and i was like no nah, fuck that shit i just kept putting all my coins into getting it upgrading the ai zombie so more would spawn each time the the wave came in because you could spend coins on that and i'm like well that just seems to be a much easier tactic so i i I'm not too hot about the PvP. I don't know how you felt about it, Ash. No, yeah, it definitely. It felt long. Like I don't. We didn't complete an actual match. No. Like we played a round or two, but we never like went through the entire thing, either from us jumping out or the other team jumping out because it was taking too long. 
You know, it, it just didn't, it's not snappy or anything. It just feels like it's a bit of a slog to get through. So um, it didn't help that we kind of sucked and got smashed every single time. So, um, but yeah, it, 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 that's not a mode that I would be jumping into unless I had like four other people with me. <laughs> I feel yeah. like, you know, full full squad plan. Full squad, yeah, yeah. But even now, Mike, it's too fucking, it's just too slow, I think, so. Um, yeah, unless there was, uh, like, some, yeah, material rewards for playing it, I don't think there's much reason to jump into it. Uh, have you looked at this any of this PvP stuff, Karen? Uh, I haven't gone too far into the PvP stuff, just because doesn't really interest me. I thought the PvP in Left 4 Dead was already, like, a cool idea. I think I preferred that version of the PvP because it was more like you were both given a level and it was to see who could go furthest in the level. Like, even if you made it at, you know, even if you made it in one, you only survived one minute 30, the other team could play as long as they could survive. Um, but it sounds like it's probably bouncing. And I guess it's a good thing that this game's coming out with a beta so that there is going to be um hopefully this stuff of balancing and this kind of just the more basic stuff of these kinds of games can be fixed really easily um it's odd a little bit that they've overlooked some of this kind of stuff with like you know balancing the pvp mode but um no i still think black for blood's got a lot of potential a lot of fun um and it's coming out you know it's going to be available in a lot more places than left for dead ever was so we won't get your people like ashley or buddy that have no idea of like a really great game it's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, on Game Pass. What a bargain. <laughs> Don't listen to people like... Uh, who was it? Fucking the CEO of Take-Two this week that was like, Game Pass isn't isn't worth it. Isn't, Is it? It's like, well, yes, because you're Rockstar and Take-Two. Get over it. <laughs> I think I missed that. I'm surprised Ashley didn't bring that one up. No, I, I, I missed no. that as well. I don't need other people justifying my opinions. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. you know they're I, shitty takes. I don't need other people being right as well. I mean, it doesn't really matter. To, you know, they're right. <laughs> hmm. um, but I guess, like, overall, it is... it is. I feel like you should know if you'd like this game or not. Or also, like, if you... This game w- is not going to be as much fun by yourself. It's... 100% Definitely. like Left 4 Dead because like I played Left 4 Dead at my friend's place who had had an Xbox um, and he used to you know, sit on the couch and play that shit uh, split screen co-op right I would never I never had an urge to buy an Xbox to play Left 4 Dead by myself because I wasn't like oh, I need to experience this by myself no um, it's just fond memories of playing it co-op so Back 4 Blood is going to be the same thing like if you don't think you'd play it with other people and you want to like pair up with randoms online I don't really think that's going to do much for you, but if you can at least get, I mean, if you can get the full squad, four people, and it's that it is like the perfect game where, because it is just mindless shooting and and whatever else, and you can just chat and shit talk while you're you're shooting zombies and have have fun. Like that's literally what the the game is designed to be. It's just designed to be a fun co op game. So, yeah, no, it's very much is that in many ways. Um. I, I think, yeah, it's definitely a lot of people are like, oh, no, I could totally play it by myself. And you can. I just don't think you're going to have the same experience. No, you're not going to have as much fun. No. Once again, a lot of these games, like Left 4 Dead, like your... Um, I can't even remember the, that monster game that came out um, after it kind of... I can't even remember what it was called, but 
Um, you know, it, it's it's it isn't exactly the game that makes the best experiences and makes the memories. It's generally playing it with people and enjoying it together. Yeah, that that makes the game a fantastic game. Yep, find out... When's that? Next month? No. Yeah, we're in August, September. Well, there's an open beta from, I believe, the 12th to the 16th, so people want to test it out then. Yeah. And then, the, uh, yeah, the game obviously comes out from here a second ago. October 12th. October? Oh, fuck, I thought it was September. Maybe they delay it. Let's get into some news for this week. Oh, been time for some news. Some t- news. Even though there wasn't that much news. But let's start with Ariana Grande. Rocks our world and epic Fortnite concert. Wait, right, wait, Dylan, there. this is a video game podcast. <laughs> or a music podcast. Well, look, I didn't want to discriminate because we covered Travis Barker. I thought we should <laughs> cover Ariana Grande as well. Because in case you don't remember, nearly a year ago, everyone, or it was like a bit over a year ago, was on here talking about goddamn Epic Games, Fortnite, doing uh, Travis Barker concert. Now we're, we're back here to talk about Ariana Grande. So Push Square writes, Epic Games has once again proven just how far ahead of anyone else it is in the live event space with a truly memorable Fortnite concert all about pop star Ariana Grande. Much uh, blah, 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 Travis Scott's in-game gig, players could watch the event and walk about the area and play while the position singer put on a real show. By the way, I just realized I said Travis Barker before when I meant Travis Scott. But uh, I was like, when you said Travis Barker, I was like, hang on a yeah, minute. Imagine, it's, just a so, it's just a it's just solo. It's like, just a Blink-182. Yeah, it's just a Blink-182. Uh, like Blink one, one it's just, one, it's just him drumming. Like, there's no actual music. It's just a fucking drum <laughs> show. No, no other music. <laughs> it's just, just nothing. It's just him drumming in a fucking empty space in Fortnite for like 15 minutes. And then she, you, you can't do it. That's it. There's no songs. It's just him fucking like freestyle <laughs> drumming. That's it. Yeah. There we go. Good meme. Uh, they continue. What was even cooler about this particular event was that a few mini games introduced the event with a Mario Kart-esque race uh, Soloming. Sol- Saloming plays through paint while others ta- another task friends were getting a high score while shooting crystals out of a plane. Then the pop star took center stage, singing hits such as Seven Rings, or why players could move freely around and dance alongside her. Um, I was tempted to do it. I think I would have any other day. So they had the first one on. So we're recording this on a Saturday. Saturday. They had the first one on this morning at um, it was eight a.m. They had the first showing, and I was tempted, but I was like, "No, I'm too fucking tired." Can't <laughs> 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 And the next one's only the next one's at like four a.m. T- uh, tomorrow morning, and there's like, I'm like, I'm not waking up. I got work tomorrow, and then so I, I don't think I'm gonna do this. So I watched the video. I just watched this YouTube video I have up right now. So I'm posted the whole thing, no commentary or anything like that. So I did watch it all. Um, again, it is just Fortnite is a dumb video game i really don't understand what <laughs> it's like it's no longer just a video game though is it really it's now like a whole i don't know an experience if i can it's something it's like but yeah they just continue to do these things and they're just insane i don't there's really and the thing is also i'm like they're not really building towards doing something else they don't want to be like oh this is all we're building this other social experience app where we're going to move this stuff. 
Like they're very much happy to be like, no, Fortnite's just everything now. Like, because I don't know, Fortnite's weird. I just I don't understand. <laughs> it's like such a anomaly in the in the world of like what things are. But I mean, it's cool. I I do enjoy these these things. They're they're fun to. Is is the thing is right? It's Fortnite slowly coming becoming less about the game and more about these experiences. Um, well, I just don't know. as a whole, because the only time anymore I hear about Fortnite is when something like this comes out. And yes, that could just be an indication of my personal bubbles and like my spheres that I um, consume content in. But you know, there was a point, what maybe six to twelve months ago, where Fortnite was doing everything. There was common regular releases and all different stuff. And you know, Marvel was in the MCU, and Star Wars it was in the MCU. Marvel was in Fortnite. Star Wars is in Fortnite. Yeah, no, DC's in Fortnite. I feel like now it's just we're getting to the point where it's just mainly focused on these like kind of one-off events is the only time I hear about Fortnite anymore. Um, they don't do that honest, uh, often, to be fair. Like, this is the second concert one they've done. The, no, no, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying it's like it's the only time I hear about this game anymore is these concerts, which if it's not very often, then I'm not hearing about the game very often at all. Well, I know like big streamers still stream it, right? So... It's still thing. massive. Yeah. So. Oh, it's still massive. Like, it's still... I'm not just saying it's not making you're money. Not, <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's not making money. It just seems like it is from the... Within, like, the kind of... I don't want to say the media circuit, but in terms of general kind of thought share that it has, it seems to be lessening off than what it was. It's working because I can guarantee that a bunch of Ariana Grande super fans were like, I'm making a Fortnite account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's... They all bought the, the Ariana Grande skins. Yep. Also, I appreciate Ariana Grande at the end here looking like a final, uh, Kingdom Hearts villain at the end. In the cloud section thing or whatever. No, yeah, like towards the very end of the, the video. Yeah. It's weird. Um, and I, a bunch of those things do look like Kingdom Hearts mini games at the start, where they're like in a they're in like a plane shooting stuff down. You get teamed up with people, and it even gives you a high score who shot the most and stuff like that. It's like seems like a gummy ship <laughs> mini yep. game. Or something. Oh god, gummy ship! <laughs> Everybody loves the gummy ship. <laughs> All right, peace. Uh, Eurogamer writes, PUBG is called PUBG Battlegrounds now, I guess. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is a bit of a mouthful, but at least the game has a handy acronym of PUBG to make things a bit simpler. Uh, what's that? They've tacked, a, tacked an extra bit onto the end. Oh, it appears that Crofton has rebranded PUBG to PUBG Battlegrounds, with the new name now appearing on the game's social media feeds and Steam. That's right. It's now called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Battlegrounds. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's good. <laughs> it's like our game's called PUBG. It literally stands for Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Let's call it Battlegrounds. <laughs> it's no longer an accurate. It's no longer an accurate. Well, it is still. It's, it's just, just PUBG. PUBG's PUBG, you know? <laughs> uh, Get over it, kid. They should drop the G. And so now it's. But then Player un, player Unknowns. Just, just, ba- just, player I'll, Unknowns. I'm just going to. I'm just going to play Pub, guys. So the, 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 the logo should now just have PU. P U P U. That's a hell of a stench coming over there. Well, not wrong. We're talking. You know, game we're talking about. 
Uh, this has apparently happened sometime in July and appears to have something to do with Crafton's plans to create a PUBG universe. Uh, quote, Crafton is actively expanding the PUBG brand for a variety of new experiences set in its universe, the company told PC Gamer. Uh, rebranding play unknowns Battlegrounds to PUBG Battlegrounds is the first step in us realizing this vision. Additional titles in the franchise will carry the PUBG name, as you see with our upcoming game, PUBG New State. New State, by the way, is an upcoming mobile game that's essentially a futuristic sequel to PUBG Mobile. There's also been talk of an upcoming PUBG Universe game codenamed Project Cowboy, while space horror game The Clister Protocol will somehow be part of the same universe. That one doesn't have the PUBG acronym planted in front of it yet, however. Now, what the Damn. fuck is going on with all this PUBG shit? <laughs> it's so dumb. No one can Does anyone... Like, I know it was just like... They're like, man, like, Fortnite isn't as popular anymore. I don't know. Uh, well, I presume that PUBG was just overall dead. Yeah. <laughs> Other than, like, seeing, like, the odd esports post about, like, you know, it's still massive in, like, Southeast Asia and stuff like that, but at yeah. least in the Western gaming scene, I don't see anything about it anymore. No, it's definitely... Yeah, it's just fallen off a cliff. Well, yeah. that, as they PUBG me- came along, uh, Fortnite came along and stole its spaghetti. Let's be honest. Well, you mentioned that, but I like here they link another article, Eurogamer one. They're like, ever heard of Blackpink? If not, a lot of people sure have. The band was the first K-pop girl group to reach one billion views on YouTube, and they're currently the most subscribed to music group on the platform. And now the group is coming to PUBG with their very own crossover event. Uh, it's happening 18th of August to 7th of September. Players will be able to participate in special in-game event missions and points to acquire well, Blackpink-themed items. So yeah, coming back to where is it popular, a K-pop well, girl group is, is coming to the isn't, game. Didn't it get invested into by, like, isn't the main company now that works on PUBG now based in South Korea? Yeah. Like, I think, like, the actual development of PlayerUnknown is now a South Korean game. Yeah. Um, so that makes complete sense. It's not even free, though. Yeah. It costs money. Look, all I can say is being involved in this game is no chicken nugget meal deal at McDonald's, you know? Like, it's real just yeah. like, it's just, yeah. It's two separate things. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, m- moving on. Uh, f- wow, <laughs> none of you are BTS fans here. This yes. No, I, I couldn't remember what the name was. That's yeah, no, that, that's fine. I was tempted to buy it when I was at McDonald's <laughs> once, and I was like, I don't know. That sounds like something that would hurt my stomach. Plus, no, you, as soon as you buy it, you get involved in a cult. That's a whole thing. That's a cult? Oh, yeah, BTS I thought is a Final cult. Fantasy Online was a cult. No. I mean, they're no, both BTS that's a cult. BTS oh. is the cult. There we go. I missed the memo. There's not, not only one thing can be a cult. That's a good point, Ash. You know, all cults are equal. <laughs> yeah. <There's... laughs> Even if it's a cult about bashing on Xbox Game Pass, you know, it's still a cult. No, that's not a cult. That's a movement. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> part of your movement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was such a Maybe quick response. Like, 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 his brain didn't even tick over. It's a movement, everyone. It's a movement. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Let's take to the streets. <laughs> you march down this people, this anti-COVID people next to you. Let us out. Let us out. Ash is like, fuck game pass. <laughs> Are you here to stop the <laughs> lockdown? No, I'm here to stop game pass. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the real scourge on society. <laughs> 
Uh, oh my god. Fuck you, Gladys. <laughs> Xbox only wants your Game Pass so they can track your gaming. <laughs> so they can put 5G into controllers. There you go, you've got it. You've yeah. you've looped you've just looped a cult into your cult. Sorry, a yeah. cult into your so movement. I can double Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get more traction now. Yeah, that's how they. That's how. That's how they Just work. include five G and anything, and you're all good. Yeah. Got him. Karen looks. Ah oh, shit! <laughs> Bill Gates is behind both, so yeah. Uh, this is one of those moments where I look at Karen. And I look on the look on his face was, "Fuck, am I waste my time doing this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you know, actually, just starts. He, it's like actually starts like he's like he's a he is a runaway train. He just starts, and sometimes you're like, is he slowing down? Then you realize, no, he's just reached the top of the hill, and it just descends down very quickly after that point. Um, Gravity, part of a cult, probably. Um, games industry rights. Focus Home Interactive acquires. I could never remember how to pronounce the studios. Publish it. Uh, Do- Dotamu. 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 Don't know. People that did Street to Rage 4. We'll get there. Uh, Focus Home Interactive has announced that they've acquired Street to Rage 4 publisher Dotamu. Focus purchased 77.5% of France based company shares for 38.5 million pounds or something like that because I can never remember which one of the fucking symbols is pounds and which one's euros. If, if it's an E, it's euros. If it doesn't look like an E, it's a pound. It is I th- euros. I think it's euros. What's the pounds one look like then? The pound looks like an L. Okay. Or, no, pounds is like a three. I know this could or be like a three. A capital. Yeah, it looks like it's oh. You know what I reckon? No. European currency. Cult. The fuck. <laughs> it's been five G free notes. Um. That's the plot of the division. Uh, 38.5 million euros as it aims to expand its game development assets. The deal also includes an additional payment up to 15 million euros, which will be based on certain employment and performance goals, making the potential payout up to uh, 53.5 million euros. Uh, Focus Home Interactive CEO Christopher Nobilu Said the rival. You were going to say Christopher Nolan then. <laughs> I nearly did. <do>, <laughs> uh, he said the rival of Dotemu makes a key step in acceleration of the group's growth and its diversification of its expertise. By enriching our editorial line, we're opening a new revenue stream and market share to conquer its fast-growing sector. Honestly, I thought this was a lot of money for. Uh, I don't mean I don't know. Maybe it's not. But I was like. A potential payout of $53.5 million for a team that has been doing relatively just like small arcade games. Like the next one they have coming out is that um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one that we've talked about on here at least once. Um, that that is, game does yeah. look like money though. That looks like it's going to be. It's cashing in, you know? What was They're that preemptively oh, buying. Shredder's Revenge, that's it. Teenage Mutant yeah. Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They've also got Metal Slug Tactics as well. Um, they're obviously doing as well. But yeah, you look at their catalogue, it's not exactly massive IPs or anything. It looks like a lot of uh, contract work that they've done. That's all they did in the past, like, I believe. Like just So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, 
that's a lot of money, uh, especially when you put it into perspective. Uh, they focus bought deck 13 back in uh, less, right? 2020, $7.1 million. So the company behind uh, like- Surge and Lord of the Fallen and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. What I take away from this is I know nothing about the video game industry. <laughs> yeah. Or at least how much companies <laughs> are worth because fucked if I know. I mean, good for them because I, I, I really liked I really liked Street to Rage 4. That was like one of those surprising games where um, it was on Game Pass. Tried it. I was like, it was on Game Pass. Tried it. I was like, this is really fucking good. And um, it was one of my favorite games that year. And now I'm excited for Teenage Mutant. I'm more excited for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles knowing it's them. Because if that if that trailer had dropped and it was just like a random indie studio, I was being like, look, it I because in my opinion, it's really cool. It's really easy to make a cool looking uh, arcade game trailer, and you can get like you know get the art right and all those sorts of things. But then you go to play and it plays like shit or something like that. You know, like all the elements don't come together. But Street of Rage Four was actually really good, so I'm I'm keen on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now thing based on that. Or like it's too hard because they're trying too hard to be. Like an actual arcade game where Street of Rage had like it had the right le- had difficulty settings and like you could play it like super hardcore if you wanted to or you know like all these sorts of things like it was ex- it was it was accessible or hard or controlled well or whatever else so I expect the same from the Turtles game so anyway they're now part of Focus Home Interactive which um, yep. publishes a lot of weird I guess what you'd call double A uh, sorts of games so. Well, they're probably most known recently for the, a Plague Tale. Yeah. Yeah, they would be. I guess that's the most prominent game, yeah. I guess most recent would be Hood Outlaws and Legends. Yeah. was the most recent one they published, so. Which, by the way, they added, um, I think they added a new mode like a week ago. And I was like, maybe I'll check that out, but obviously I have no time. Because um, mm. that was one of those, you know, that's a game where whatever I gave it, like a six or something, or what, I can't remember whatever, where mm. I got I don't know. Someone, I was like, it's okay, but much, you know, it's like that thing where I always bring up Days Gone as a perfect example. Where I'm like, I actually really liked it, but I was like, there's just problems here. But I was like, I really like the premise and like the setting, you know, and the the general vibe of Hood, like you know, playing in that time period with this sort of like multiplayer co-op thing. It's like a really cool idea. Didn't fully come together, so I keep hoping that they'll keep working on it and it could be really cool in the future if they keep adding stuff to it and fixing stuff. Um. All right. Shout out to this one because I thought this was worth mentioning. Uh, well played. Don't come to you. Shout outs. They write. Originally only available for a Kickstarter, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla dice game, otherwise known as Orlog, will now be stocked by eBay Games. Announced this morning, eBay Games is now taking pre-orders for the physical release of the highly addictive dice game at the completely reasonable price of seventy-eight Australian dollars. This there isn't a set release date at this stage, but according to eBay Games, orders will be arriving in December. The Kickstarter campaign for this project ended in late July and offered a number of different versions, but unfortunately for Aussies, the shipping was a killer. The version that EB Games will be stocking is the base set includes one designed cardboard box, two ABS dice balls, 32 real polished stone health counters, 50 tokens, two sets of 20 god favor cards, two acrylic dice sets, and one Game coin. Um, if you're like, why are we talking about tabletop games? We don't usually talk about those in OK Couch Zone. It's because it's a tabletop game that's a recreation of a game that's in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And if you play it, it is a lot of fun. And I'll tell you right now, since it's probably a question, uh, I kickstarted this. Sorry, hey. I'll get back this. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I already kickstarted this. I, I got my, I've already got my money. I, I thought it was worth bringing up though, because um, it's not often that you do see these really cool things that are kickstarted actually then put in a physical store in Australia. Often, especially not EB. Like EB no. is very um, yeah, yeah. You know, got to do what you got to do to get those uh, brick and mortar. Um, stores to stay open that's eh? and that's mostly what they sell so let me pitch i think this is actually cool and this is something i've brought because a it's just cool to own but b i definitely want to like play it because it's actually really fun and if you haven't played valhalla it's a really simple but fun game where basically it's 1v1 um you have like these die that have different symbols on them it's like a hand a sword a shield um i can't remember all of them helmet something else it's been a while since i played it uh, and you, I think you roll like five or six or whatever it is. I can't remember in like a cup and they roll them out into this bowl thing. And then you've got to pick, you can pick any number of them to re-roll. Um, I think it's like twice. It lets you re-roll twice. Or, and you can pick which ones you want to keep. So if you've got like two, so you've got like two or three helmets in there, you can pull those two or three helmets to the side. And now you're obviously trying to re-roll the rest to be helmets because then you can have like a full thing of helmets and get like, um, you'll get five points or whatever for, for that round. But then there's other things that come into play where if you roll, I think it's a hand, the hand lets you take a random one from your opponent or something like that. And then if if any of the any of them have like a symbol around them or gold or whatever, any of the, the shapes, they let you build up amount of gold, which you can use to act like a special ability or something like that. It's, it's actually really simple because it's literally just rolling dice. And it is one of those mini games. It's been a while since I played a mini game. Obviously Gwent would be the last one. Like Gwent was the last one. one. Yeah. And obviously they turned Gwent into a physical game as well. But this was the first mini game. I don't think I ever talked about it on here because I didn't spend that much time talking about Valhalla because there was a lot happening because it was like the PS5 release or whatever. It else, was like in the middle of everything. Yeah, it was like a, a shitstorm. Like out. I was enjoying that game five, but fine. But um, and I never actually finished it. Maybe I will one day. I don't really know. But hundred percent, I'll give credit where credit's due. That all log game in Assassin's Creed, I w- I went out of my way to make sure I could just play it, and I definitely played it. Like, I'd beat someone and I'd just replay it because I just wanted to kind of keep playing the game. Like, it is a legit fun mini game. And as soon as I saw this go up on Kickstarter, I was like, I fucking need that shit in my life. So, um, I, gra- I grabbed it. Um, I'm keen. Yeah. And it's cool. So, shout out to this. You can get it at EB Games in the future if you'd like. Did you uh, did you like the, the game, Orlog, in the game, Karen, when you were playing Assassin's Creed? I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, between that and the... The one that was just shit talking each other, like those two, the rap were battles, a lot of fun. The rap battles, we had to, yeah, shit talk each other, but you were having to rhyme it and think about the rhyming structure of everything. Um, I thought they were both great mini games and like both great sections of the game that that led to the kind of that world feeling a lot more built out. So to have that be brought forward and to to bring that into a physical game, um, I think it's great. I'm glad they didn't do the the thing that Gwent did, which is like. Gwent made a whole separate game for it, which is like, yeah, okay. I don't think this was big enough to do that, so to speak. Um, but to have it spawn a physical tabletop game, um, even through Kickstarter, I think is is really good. Um, so I, I, I hope it is. We see more of the same moving forward. So the thing I brought was I'm trying to look at how much it costs. So it's a quick, quick Google. It's in Canadian dollars. So that's all. I was like, interesting. 
Canadian to Australian. So, probably that's not much. What? No way. I don't know. Anyway, the, I got the early bird, the early bird backer thing, which says it was 40. Oh, no, it tells you here. It's, it tells me it's about 48 Australian dollars because it was the early bird one. You know how the early backers are always like $20 cheaper than mm. the normal one? So, I jumped on that shit. I was like, fuck yes, because I know this is, it was like $20 difference or whatever. Plus, it, you get the, it's everything that EB Games will have. Plus, I get all unlocked stretch goals. And because they got, like, cool. well over 100% funded, it's, like, a bunch of, like, extra, like, cool um, knickknacks or, like, other things like that. So, I'm definitely happy. I I, I wasn't like, eh, maybe not, maybe will. Because, yeah, if you get on those early, if you like something on Kickstarter, especially this sort of thing, um, and you get on those early early ones and it actually gets fully funded and they've got, like, a bunch of cool stretch goals and stuff like that. I've, happened, I've had it happen to one other thing before. You actually, you're, like, quite happy with your money, I think, if you if you do it. So... There we go. All right. Uh, PC Gamer. I just wanted to shout this out because it's just like, I have a question to ask at the end of this, but uh, they write, former Elder Scrolls devs announced grand RPG, The Wayward Realms. Back in 2019, we learned that veteran developers Julian LeFay and Ted Peterson, leads on the Elder Scrolls Arena and Daggerfall, had found a new studio, Once Lost Games. At the time, they said they were working on a new RPG, though they didn't give out too many details and haven't said much since. Today, that silence was broken. Once Once Lost Games has announced the Wayward Realms, a single-player open-world fantasy RPG. That's exciting news, especially if you've been tapping your foot wait, pacing waiting for the Elder Scrolls 6 to arrive. Uh, quote from their announcement. The announcement said the Wayward Realms is set on a group is set on a group of over hundred realistically scaled islands, known collectively as the Archipelago, where scores of Archipelago. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Archipelago. Oh, I missed makes the go part. There you go. Archipelago, where scores <laughs> of factions vie for vie for influence and power. Kingdoms strive to maintain their dominance. Upstarts seek to earn a place at the top, and the dynasties set general general generational plots into motion should the player earn a position of prominence they may change the course of history so it's a big there's like a trailer and everything you can watch it's a basically you know you can feel the elder scrolls influence and stuff like that it's massive obviously going to be a big big open world all these islands fucking you, you can control the fate of everyone they're talking about there being so many npcs and you know you'll feel like you're living and breathing in the world i gotta be honest between this and like all these i, I I was thinking about it as I was reading this. I'm like, I feel like we entered a period where there was like, fuck all of these types of games, like massive yep. open world types of games. Like we had the Witcher. And then other than that, I was trying to think like, what, what else is really even attempted or touched on that similar sort of thing. And now all of a sudden we're just getting, we're about to get fucking slammed with the return of I these like, massive things. Open world games. I feel like a lot of, maybe all at the same time, because we've got the what this, we've got Obsidians, we've got Elder Scrolls Six eventually, uh, which Elder Scrolls Six is still a fair way off considering Outer Worlds Two. If they decide to make it bigger, gazillion Outer Worlds Two. Um, I feel like maybe a bunch of game devs might have seen a hole in the creative market at this point in time and just thought, you know, it's been so long since the Elder Scrolls, since Skyrim, it's now well along since we had The Witcher. It's about time that another one of these can exist, and I think maybe two, three years ago, a bunch of developers all saw that and all started to get involved with that and pull it out and push it out further. Um, I think 
the the market is getting to a point where we are getting like the game developing as, as a whole we're getting to a lot of these kind of open world games but they are the more i wouldn't necessarily call them in the same light as your like high fantasy rpgs they're more open world but maybe at a bit of a smaller scale um they don't have like they're not quite the same in terms of like side quests and stuff um and we've got more on the horizon. You would expect the next God of War to be like that. You would expect the next Horizon is going to be like that. And I think a lot of these AAA games nowadays are these large open world games. And I think we've moved slightly away from these kind of more... I want to say... I don't know how best to describe them. Because they're kind of... They're more of an RPG than what... I would say Horizon and God of War is. I think like Horizon and God of War's RPG systems are kind of secondary to itself, where these games hold their RPG systems at its forefront and kind of at the center of its gameplay. Um, so yeah, I just think we're we're getting to that point where a whole bunch of game de- developers are coming to the end of their cycles, and they're all going to be coming out reasonably in succession of each other. Um, you know, and then you look back at what. 2006-2007 when um, Oblivion came out but alongside Oblivion was Two Worlds mm. and you know, nobody remembers Two Worlds you know, some people know of Two Worlds just because you can make the villages in the first area defeat the end bosses defeat the end boss and win the game early um, but I think, you know, everybody knows Elder Scrolls, everybody knows Oblivion Um I think it's just a point in time where, you know, there's definitely going to be quote unquote winners and losers from whatever comes ahead and whatever comes out. Mm. What do you reckon, Ash? I mean, the more of these games available, the better choice people have, you know? Uh, but you know, I feel like everybody's kind of waiting for like Elder Scrolls 6, but, you know, if these are of a high enough quality, then they might just capture the attention while we wait the 20, 60 years that it'll take. Elder Scrolls 6 to come out. That's true. 2055 is what I'm thinking for Elder Scrolls. At the light, at the earliest. <laughs> you know. That's true. They've got to do Starfield, and then they've got to do Starfield 76, uh, and then they'll finally do Elder Scrolls. Starfield 76. <laughs> Fucking hell. You muppet. Starfield uh, Dweller. No, what was it called? What? Starfield. Starfield Shelter. Okay. <laughs> How do you forget the last name? You're the person who played the game probably the most in the world. The most. <laughs> the most. No one else has the platinum. PSN profiles, it's just you probably. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when, you, when you platinum the Fallout Shelter, there was like an alarm. <laughs> a silent alarm went off throughout Bethesda. <laughs> Someone did some, it. Somebody, no. Somebody's no. done it. I'm sure there's people still playing Fallout Shelter. Fucking losers. Um, yeah, and they still have a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Maybe not on PlayStation, but like on their phones and shit. Yeah, okay, well. Talking about phones. Uh, this was... Segway. This, yeah, thank you. Uh, Pokemon Go's biggest players call on Niantic to restore pandemic bonuses. So this was a thing that's been happening in the past week that's been quite interesting to watch. Uh, Polygon writes, a campaign pressing Niantic Niantic to re-implement Pokemon Go bonuses and concessions made for social distancing and the COVID-19 pandemic gathered new momentum on Thursday with an open letter written by the game's biggest players and influencers and backed by large social media audiences. The letter 
posted this morning on Pokemon Go subreddit, subreddit Silph Road, is signed by 28 players with a combined Twitter following of 1.18 uh, million. All of the signers, four of whom have large audiences larger than 100,000, posted the letter to their feeds at 11 a.m. EDT under the hashtag, hashtag Heroes Niantic. It was Twitter's sixth highest trending tag in the U.S. as of the publication time. The letter lists nine ways uh, players have helped... Uh, ways players have ha- have been helped, sorry, by Pokemon Go's pandemic accommodations, which made it easier for players to reach Pokemon Poke stops, gyms from further away. Those gameplay bonuses ended with an update earlier this week. The Pokemon Go community was already concerned and uh, organized by that time as time as Niantic's announcement of the rollback in June faced immediate pushback. Uh, they don't say it here, but it's it's been changed in New Zealand and the US currently is the. The two it's currently the bonuses are as of recording is still active in Australia and other places. They were like doing a slow rollout, but they did US and New Zealand first because apparently, I don't know the most immunized. I think is the maybe the thing. I don't the know. Well, okay. New Zealand, yeah. New Zealand especially is very well off currently in positioning in terms of the overall pandemic. America's very much kind of yeah. they're yeah. the other end where they generally don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the revision last week halved the distance at which players could spin Pokestops. Before the change, some had been able to spin gyms without leaving their homes. Thursday's open letter listed ways in which the pandemic changes were helpful for the community, not just in a way that made the augmented reality game easier or more convenient. Uh, in the post, it said many disabled trainers could now interact with locations that were previously excluded them from Pokemon Go community. Trainers with autism and sensory conditions could engage with the community from a more accommodating distance, allowing them to play with the community but not be overwhelmed by large crowds or triggering locations. In turn, the change fostered greater courtesy and respect to non-players in the community by way of not crowding or blocking entry to businesses, private property, playgrounds, emergency services, places of worship, or memorial, organizers wrote. The letter also noted that a November blog post from Niantic, Niantic left Pokemon Go players with depression, impression, quote, this increased Pokestop interaction radius would be made permanent. Remo- removal of this feature will and is impacting the community in countless negative ways, players wrote in the letter. We request that increased interaction radius remains a permanent quality of life change of Pokemon Go. The letter asked for a reply by 90 by the end of day on August 9th. Um, Niantic responded at the end of Thursday, telling players that it was putting together an internal cross-functional team to develop proposals designed to preserve our mission of inspiring people to explore the world together, while also addressing specific concerns that have been raised regarding interaction distance. This group's findings and recommendations will be shared by the next in-game season change, which is September 1st. Niantic said, as part of this process, process, we'll also be reaching out to our community leaders in the coming days to join us on this dialogue. Um, so I, this is a, I always knew this would fucking happen, and everyone's in the right for this. But the thing is, so they made all these changes because of COVID, but then the the side effect of that was a bunch of people realized that a bunch of these changes weren't only good because um, they didn't have to crowd around areas so much to play the game, which was good for COVID. But it also, as they're mentioning, it meant that a bunch of people who couldn't play before, or you know, the, the stuff they mentioned w- was also good for them. So all of a sudden, everyone was like, "Wait, that's an option," you know, like <laughs> it's, you know, like that's an option. I can, like, I'm in a, I'm someone who's like in a wheelchair or something, and like, I can not get down to where that poker stop is and that like 
that section or whatever. And they're like, I can just mm. be up here and I can spin the poker stop or whatever. That was an option this entire time. And now they've taken it away. And people, I think rightfully are kind of like, just fucking leave it, dude. <laughs> like just, just leave it. I just like, you, you want to change some stuff back or whatever, like turn, turn off the, turn off the double. Uh, they halved the time it took for eggs to hatch. Cause people weren't doing much walking. They, you know, increased XP for certain, you know, whatever, change all that back after in your like rollback of COVID or whatever. But like, there's definitely the stuff that the letter is mainly calling for, which is the, the distance of the Pokestops to be spun and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, why? It shouldn't even, in my opinion, it's like just, and then why you need a fucking group to investigate it when literally the core group that's sort of helped make your game popular, like all the the massive YouTubers and stuff are like the ones who are literally your talking points for the the public. They're like, fix it. (laughs) I will say, so the number that they listed is 1.7 million people were represented. Like they were, that was the follower coverage of it. Did you say that report? It's a total followers across all the biggest. Yeah, um, which is surprising. So I actually thought it would be more. Um, just with the size of some people, but well, I mean, like for instance, Trainer Tips, one of the biggest Pokemon Go YouTubers, one hundred ninety nine point one k followers. I mean, it's a lot of followers, but it is a very niche YouTube audience. I guess it's like Pokemon yes. Go vlogger is a very I sort of niche <laughs> uh, area. I guess a yeah. niche audience, yeah, yeah. or just but do Pokemon you... YouTuber. I guess. When it's coming from these YouTubers, though. Do you think it's coming purely from a place of wanting to support the people um, who are having these problems? Like the people, I understand it how it benefits people with disabilities, but surely for their content, it's a lot easier making content when they don't have to leave their house to do it. Uh, no. Well, so a lot of them changed up their content because a lot of them just started doing Twitch streams because they could just remote mm-hmm. raid and stuff like that. Um, which I guess is what they had to do. But I know for me personally, I much prefer, like, when Trainer Tips, for example, like, I've watched, he's the person I've watched the most of, and I, I like his stuff the most because he does, like, quite well shot, usually, stuff. And when he could travel a lot, that was the engaging part of the thing. It was, like, the travel vlog was the part I was, like, most interested in, weirdly, but it was, like, having that Pokemon Go be the gateway I guess it's like watching a cooking show with a celebrity you like or something. Yes. You're like, I don't usually like cooking yeah. shows, but here's my gateway into why I'm finding this um, a bit more interesting than usual. So I personally would rather see everyone get back out there and do it. I, I really doubt for the, I doubt for YouTubers, Pokemon Go YouTubers being able to spin a couple stops around their house, the same like three around their house. There's no way they're going to keep the same audience retention uh, an engagement just by doing those Twitch streams, especially since a lot of them do stream other stuff anyway. You know, like they'll stream Pokemon Let's Go. They'll stream fucking... Um, they're all streaming Pokemon... Um, the fuck was that game called? <laughs> What's the one that came out two weeks ago that was fucking talking about? Uh, uh, <laughs> the fuck? Pokemon Unite. Yeah, they're all streaming like Pokemon, Pokemon Unite now. You know, like most of them are just Pokemon Go YouTubers in general where the Pokemon Go is their main... Or Pokemon. Yeah, they're all Pokemon fans, but Pokemon Go is usually their main content source. So um, I, I do think it's real. And I know, for instance, like, Trainer Tips dude, like, he's called Niantic out and they bullshit before. Like, he's made videos saying, like, eggs are uh, claiming that eggs are, you know, um, loot boxes. And he, he, like, not a big fan of it. And says, like, and he's, like, called for Niantic to change and all this sort of stuff. Like, like he's not... 
if it if it's a thing of like what works best for their content and whatever else, no, I don't. I don't know. Like, because uh, really, find, if they were find, worried, because a lot of the times Niantic has paid for these bigger YouTubers to be flown to places to do um, when they do the Pokemon events in different countries and stuff. So really, if they wanted what's best for their career, they would shut the fuck up and just, you know, not actually yeah. stick up for them. But even <laughs> then, at the same time, like, the whole eggs and loot boxes is interesting considering... Is there no way? There's no way to make your eggs hatch quicker, is there? Other than walking, correct? Uh, yeah, you can. There's no. You can buy you super. Can just... You can buy super incubators that uh, hatch them okay. at half the speed. All right. Right. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. But yeah. So, I mean, it's been interesting to watch because I know it was popping off this whole week, and then Niantic's like, oh, at least they responded in a somewhat timely manner. But then we're gonna wait all the way until September first to see. It's like a whole month. It's a whole month to find out what the hell they're gonna they're gonna do. All right, let's talk about what we've been playing. Two things. Ash. Yes. Did you fall on some guys? I have been falling on some guys. Love to hear I've it. Been, yeah, I've been. <laughs> And also playing some video games. Uh, yeah, I've I've jumped back into Fall Guys season five. Uh, this big uh, jungle themed uh, season. Uh, really, kind of jumped in because I wanted the Brush and Clank content. How do I get you know? it? I haven't looked into it so much. Well, Ratchet's already done. Fuck. You have to play through. <laughs> you have to play the game. That's what you have to do. Fuck. You know, you can still get the Clank stuff. Uh, I didn't get all the ratchet stuff. I will say, you know, I got like the first three or something. It's like it's like a, anything else. You just have to clear a bunch of different, have to do a bunch of different tasks, mm. clear so many levels, get silvers and gold, like medals in different race events and that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, the games continue to grow and add more levels in this stuff. Uh, they've added six new levels or rounds this season all jungle themed uh which are all really fun to play um yeah they've got cool skins and that kind of stuff they've added like proper trios and duos modes as well um so i don't know i didn't really jump into that stuff because we were, they were limited I feel time like every time they did the duos or whatever yeah i feel like it's a bit more where it's more it's a point system uh so uh depending on how well you do you get more points and then you qualify through points at least until the final round, from what I can tell, uh, and when it's just like whoever's last man standing wins it for their squad. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Jumping in, I got I got Clank. I got all the Clank content. No, actually, I'm still got one more thing to unlock because I need to qualify out of a teams round. And there's like so many different of these uh, single rounds. It's very hard to get a team round at the moment. <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, I'm really really enjoying it. A lot of the cool rounds for this season are really good they've got some interesting race courses um yeah i think if you've fallen off of four guys you should jump back in fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) dive back in so the important thing is that you can actually get into the game yes i could actually get into the game so you know that's important. Has that been a problem I, for people? Maybe, maybe when I'm playing with you, I get shadow banned. It's a big problem you know. for us. But every time we try and stream Fall Guys over the last like six months, and we can never yeah. get a fucking game. So, 
Is any type no like any of the special events like special shows like uh that they do those I struggle to get a match in but just your base um round your base uh main game show seem to get in pretty easily um I think obviously crossplay has kind of helped with that I see a lot of Steam uh fake usernames uh popping up against so yeah. Really good. Cool. I'm good because I remember watching the trailer and being like, oh, this actually looks like that epic money and they got some like legit new modes that aren't just like slight changes to the, the ones they had last season, but they all looked rather different this season. So it's good to hear. Uh, and all I've got to talk about is I can talk about the first 12 levels I've played of Glo- Golf Club Wasteland, which is coming out. I think, oh, fuck. It's like the official release dates now, like September, early September. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, um, it is a quirky golf. So it's like side scroller golf game. Is that what we call it? I don't even know what the fuck we call it. It's a side scrolling type golf game where the setup is this. The setup's the fun, the the funnest part. It's that Earth went to shit. Um. They don't really fully explain. So, like it currently is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much like envi- like environmental <laughs> disaster paired with like we probably just like all like I I can't spoil not spoil. It's like obviously there's like some storytelling ha- happening because you're playing golf on Earth, but it's a, it's a wasteland. Hence hence the name Golf Club Wasteland. But you're in a spacesuit because you're the remnants of the remaining humans who, when Earth started going to shit, the richest people were able to pay to head up to Mars and stay on a stay on a place called uh uh I can't remember it's like te- uh, Tesla Station I believe is the uh the the name or something like that so sounds yeah sounds yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to read into that one and go, go Tesla Virgin yeah Atlantic yeah yeah, yep. yeah that sort of thing so you and because these rich people have nothing else to do because they're they're stuck in space or whatever else. They uh, decide that they will, they can pay or whatever, and you can come back down to Earth and you can play golf on Earth through the, through the destroyed wasteland that is now Earth. But the other cool thing about the game is like, it's fun to play, like as a golf game, you know, it's, it's pretty simple or whatever, but yeah, this, it looks cool. The levels look cool. You've got this like sort of storytelling happening in the background as to what exactly happened to uh, Earth. Like, what we do to it? And this, that sort of stuff, which is, is fun. But you've got, the other thing that's really cool is you're, you're having, you have like, obviously your character has headphones on and you're, they're listening to like, hello, welcome to, it's like, you got like this radio announcer doing like a whole, welcome to Earth, Earth look back on earth days or something like that. He's like, let me play you some classic earth tracks. And you'll like listen to an entire song or like two entire songs or whatever. Um, and then he'll come back and be like, all right, now I've got an interview with so-and-so and I'll have this interview with someone talking about how they were an oil worker on earth and explaining stuff or whatever. Um, like how, Oh, how hard he had it and all this sort of stuff and how he managed to get, to get off and what it's like living on Mars now or whatever else. And then every now and then the announcer dude will also be like, now, uh, I think I had one just before where it was like, 
Uh, you know, I know some of you don't like it, but you just got to remember you can only have showers over 30 seconds and that's like the most amount of water that you can use on Mars right now. And um, we are looking into other ways, but we're just trying to find out if we can use like rat piss type showers with and if that's like um, ethical, uh, like if that's going to, you know, like it's it's like you're listening to this whole like sort of weird radio thing in the background at the same time. It's uh, quite fun. So it is it is more than just like this simple sort of looking golf game the golf part's fun but what i'm finding to be the best part of the game so far is just the is this radio thing or whatever storytelling thing that's happening in the background but the golf part's fun enough as as it is the levels obviously do get harder as you go along eh? Um, but they're not super hard and also you get difficulties so um, i'm just playing it on the story mode which is that just get it in the hole like you you don't have to get it Mm -hmm. down a certain amount of strokes um, you're not going to get game over if it take if you take too many and a few fucking like like I accidentally hit it in the board in this one section like five times in a row because apparently I'm just terrible at any and all golf video games. Um, and it get, it pops up. It's like, do you want to skip this level? I'm like, no, fuck off! I hate when games. Do that. I'll do it. Just let me. Just let me fucking do it. Uh, you die once. Are you wanting yeah, to drop do you want down? You change the difficulty, difficulty or something like that? I'm like, no. Like, what the fuck? Let no, me alone. I just fucked up once. Yeah. Um, but you can also play it on a like. I can't remember. There was like a middle difficulty that was unlocked from the start where you do like, it gives you like proper golf where you got to try and get it under or under whatever certain score or whatever else. And then I think um, there was a third difficulty that said unlocked when you beat, uh, when you beat that challenge mode or whatever. And that one's apparently like hardcore, I don't know, Iron Man mode or some shit like that where I don't know, you probably have to do anything in even less holes. So uh, I know there's 35 levels or something like that. So it's, it's a relatively ish short game, I guess, because you're gonna. Um, it's probably going to take you a few hours to beat, which which works given the concept of the game and the fact you're listening to this like radio thing at the same time and whatever else. But um, I'm enjoying it, and I'll look forward to telling you that hopefully the rest is as good, and you can look for that review and whatever else me talking about on here early September or whenever the fucking review embargo is. I actually don't know. <laughs> don't know if i could tell you even if i did know but i don't know i don't even know what the review embargo is to be honest um yeah looks cool um ash you love golf games yeah what do you reckon to look at this one yeah i mean it's, it's got a unique look and style and obviously a story mode uh makes it a little bit more engaging it makes it stand out from just your basic uh golf <laughs> you know golf uh if you want to play golf you've got your pga and you got your mario golf and you've got everybody's golf so and what the golf story what the golf shout out to uh, Mario Golf adding New Donk City as well by the way yeah I heard they added Toadette as well Toadette and New New Donk City yep more content for free it's crazy crazy Nintendo (laughs) doing good alright golf good times not good times I usually I hate golf games now after that stream where we played it it's fucking bullshit strategy mm-hmm. strategy yeah pick pick it's, it's literally like spamming fucking Liu Kang's fucking backflip basically I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> he has that power <laughs> fucking cheater you, you should have stopped using it after you realized it was stupid is what you should he's the person that he's the person that like starts Street Fighter and either um, picks I can't remember the guy's name but he just you just spam the one button and he goes to lightning and nobody can touch him if they're trying to kick him or um, or you just low kick people forever. You just low kick, forever low kicking. 
Ashley going low. That's not something new around here. Is it, <laughs> Phrasing. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode <laughs> of Arcade Couch. Let us know any comments, questions, concerns you have by either tweeting at us or joining our Discord. Join our Discord by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. You can tweet at us, finding all our Twitters, explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. If you liked this episode and thought it was worth a dollar, you can head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash support. That takes you to our Ko-fi page, or you can drop a dollar or set up a monthly recurring amount for a dollar and or more. That would be great. And until next week, same time, same couch. Bye. Booyah. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Kofi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.